Hey there, this download is brought to you by Soul Tribe Search Party. So grab your tribe, ground yourself, and turn your frequency up. Now, here's your host, Breezy. Hey y'all, so today I have Alyssa, who is part of my Soul Tribe. Um, we are going to be talking about her plant-based lifestyle, as well as her being an entrepreneur with um, her bus that she calls Veggie Thumper. Um, so I will let her take it away. First, um, how did you become plant-based? Uh, well, it didn't start with just like having a desire to be plant-based. It started with me not liking what was in food. Yeah. And then planting a garden and then finding myself in said garden. And then the more I learned, the more I realized I wasn't okay with food and what was being put in it, what was being done to it. And about the time when I was researching, um, having my own cow, so that I could raise my own meat. <laughs> uh, we had to have some serious conversations with self about why did we feel the need to eat meat. Yeah. And then it just became like Meatless Mondays. And not everybody agreed with Meatless Mondays. So it became Meatless Seven Days a Week. So that began Meatless Mondays in 2010. Yeah. Um, by 2012, I was a meatitarian and then vegetarian. And by 2017, I was vegan. Yes. And how do you feel about, like, when people say vegetarian versus vegan versus, like, plant-based? Um, I think it kind of depends. We kind of had a little conversation about vegan and plant-based. Uh, I care for the words plant-based more, but I've noticed that there also can be more confusion with plant-based. Yeah. Uh, because some people consider plant-based to also include eggs. Mm-hmm. And that's not correct some people just don't fully understand when, the difference between plant-based and vegetarian so sometimes it's easier to classify as vegan exactly um but i prefer the word plant-based better because i think it doesn't have that same air that vegan carries because yeah. sometimes vegan can come off as like bitchy mm -hmm. um i know when i first started this walk here and you'd be in groups there'd be things that would occur and people would say things and it just didn't feel right. Like they yeah. would argue with you about things because they thought they knew one way and that that was the only way to do it. And it's like, you can play with your food. Yes. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's more than one way to do anything in the plant-based realm. Not in saying I'm including, you know, animal byproduct by any means, but just yeah. as far as like how we go about it because I'm an anti-soy vegan, okay. plant-based, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah. And that, I think sometimes people felt some kind of a way and also I'm um, a little particular about what goes into my food. So I'm not just willing to eat, you know, the chemical storms. Yes. Like most people are just like, oh, dig in. Now I have questions and I'm researching before I may or may not eat. Yeah. So what, what, um, I was going to say, what is your beef with soy? <laughs> but <laughs> I... I <laughs> I want to do, I want to say that. So, yes, what is your beef with soy? Um, more so it was like the research that I had done prior to, again, like my initial mission was right to know and what's going into food and modified organisms and the lack of transparency. Yeah. With our food. And so reading more about soy and the effects and... I just didn't care for it. Like, mm -hmm. there's controversial things on it, which I'm not going to get into all that, but more so, it's a highly processed, modified crop, and the modified situation is where it really triggers me, and that's yeah. why I'm like, no, I'm good. Hard pass. I don't trust it. Um, and I don't need it. Mm -hmm. And I feel better not eating it. Like, I do know when I've eaten it, so I'm like, I don't know if there's an allergy there, because that would require health insurance to go get testing done. So we don't test in that department, but so I just, I don't. Yeah. Like lecithins or lectins. Okay. Occasionally I'll let that pass. But other than that, no. Yeah. I don't want the actual proteins to be in my food. Okay. And do you um, partake in any meat substitutes? And if you do, what kind do you prefer? 
Uh, here and there, well, it used to be there, here and there, I would do the um, Beyond Sausage. Okay. Um, only because at that time there weren't suitable substitutes for things like your red beans and rice. Uh, initially I did the field roast, but then Beyond Sausage came along. So here, occasionally I will do that, but it's very rare. It's probably been over a year. And what else? I like the pea protein. Okay. I love pea protein. Yeah. Uh, and I tried meaty. Uh, it was on sale. And I just did that. It was a week ago that I bought it. But anyway, so I tried it uh, Friday. And actually, I liked meaty. And it's made from mushrooms. I don't like the fact. I think it has canola oil in it. So it's, again, not something I would eat often. But the texture was freakishly close, and it didn't taste bad. I think it was gluten-free. Yeah. And it had chickpea in it, mushroom, and I want to say pea protein. So overall, it, I mean, it has probably close to 12 ingredients, but I like that one in Abbott's chicken. I really like. And it's, again, a pea protein substitute. Yeah. Yeah. Right, were you, like, a burger kind of girl? Yeah. or I never went crazy on burgers. I don't know why, like. There was the John Burger, is what it was called. Yeah. Because whoever created the recipe is what it was named after. So we always called them John Burgers in my house when I was a kid. And then that one I kind of, you know, would crave. But again, it was a memory, not because it was a burger. It was because of something bad did. Yeah. And when you'd have them, family would come together. And so I knew that usually if we were either having John Burgers, it's because we were going to have like a little mini family thing. Or it was because it was a holiday or something like that. And so the red bean burger, which used to be on the menu, that was because of that. And I guess that would be more of a memory-based craving versus like, oh, I want a burger. Mm -hmm. But it's very rare. And if I do have a burger, it's going to be extremely extra and I'm making it. I'm not buying it out of a box (laughs) or a freezer. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, Have you ate out at all since you started your journey being plant-based? The last time I ate out was February of 2020. Okay. Uh, we went to Dirt Burger. And then later, my child bought Dirt Burger for Mother's Day, but it held a different meaning. So uh, it wasn't as enjoyable because I had learned things Yeah. at that point. Um, but outside of that, no, I don't eat out. Okay. I would like to. Yeah. Uh, and then I did have one um, Cineholic. Mm-hmm. But again, it has soy. Yeah. They weren't bad. They You're just not a not soy something. eater. Yeah. yeah. I went for their uh, grand opening, whatever. And yeah. The friends and family thing. I had one of those. But uh, outside of that, and then Amy brought me some beignets from Minneapolis. Okay. I don't remember, Revive. I don't remember where they're from, but outside of, like, me physically going somewhere to obtain something now. No. People will bring me a treat here and there, but I don't actually go out to eat. I will look at a menu and research what's in it and get really excited that I'm going to go out to eat. I'm going to go buy a pizza and somebody else is going to make it, and then I overthink it, and then I just pull out all the stuff and make my own pizza, and five hours later, I'm finally eating pizza. What has you overthinking it? What keeps you from eating out? (laughs) (laughs) What is in it? Um, did they wash their hands? Yeah. Well. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I've worked at restaurants since I was 15. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot. I know a lot. (laughs) I'm very particular about my food. Yeah. What goes into it. And so usually it's not just because of what somebody could potentially be doing to the food. It's just I want to know what's in my food. Yeah. And I want to feel okay after I eat. I don't like that feeling of not feeling amazing when you're done eating something. And I feel like that's how food should make you feel. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's times that we all need to just go in and you're looking for the itis when you're done. But I don't yeah. want that to be the regular occurrence. Yeah. No, that's fair too. And a lot of what I've experienced is that like a lot of the servers aren't always knowledgeable yeah. about the food. Yeah. So they'll like accidentally bring you something and just be like, oh, I'm sorry. Like I thought that it was this and it's that. So I get you. Um, so how do you think that your like mind, body, spirit, you know, those kind of things have changed since you became plant-based? Hmm. <laughs> I look at food now differently than I did before. But again, I wouldn't say that's just because of being plant-based. 
Yeah. Uh, that was after getting acquainted with the soil and learning how to actually grow it and seeing it start from like a seed or whatever and then a little sprout and then next thing you know it's like wow <laughs> yeah. that little tiny thing now has like 70 tomatoes on it and I have to figure out how to keep staking it up yeah uh it has made me look at food in a different light as far as it's a medicine it can heal and it can harm it's made me more, you know, make conscious decisions about things and like what I'm buying and what I'm putting my dollars to. Um, realizing that if I'm going to be sick from something, it let me choose how I want to die. Mm-hmm. Okay. And everybody has their vices, but that's, that's my biggest thing. I want to choose how I desire to die. And I can't really get behind these campaigns that are like, oh, we spent five million dollars to sort a label <laughs> that does not energetically align and that i think was the biggest trigger for me i was like you are willing to spend so much money hiding something or to stop something yeah and so i, I look at food as that there's power in it and there's healing in it yeah um time and patience because nothing about this process is quick exactly. like you want something it's like okay we want cookies today yeah, I could go buy the cookie dough, but like last night I wanted cookies. So who started the process at 10 o'clock and finished at 2 a.m.? Me! Yeah. <laughs> and that's fine. Yeah. But this, knowing that that's your life and just planning accordingly, it just makes you think about things different and kind of have to plan. And I couldn't always afford my lifestyle um, because I would have rather paid for clean food versus you know having to figure out how to get clean food and then you know paying a mortgage so mm -hmm. i lived with my mom for a very long time and i'm grateful that i was able to tear up her yard <laughs> yeah <laughs> to grow more food and so it's i guess it's taught me so many things that you, some of them you can't even really pinpoint until you really stop to dig into that that could take hours free yeah that could take hours but it, it's taught me a lot about i would say being conscious making conscious decisions and patience and taking the time to educate yourself on what goes into something. Because people are like, well, how do you know all this? I used to sit there with my old Blackberry, what is it, the T9 type, mm -hmm. at the grocery store, Googling every ingredient before I would buy something. Grocery shopping used to take like five hours just to do like a minimal week worth of food. Yeah. Now it still takes, you know, a long time, but that's because I'm shopping for a lot of people and there's a mm -hmm. lot of errands to run. So it's different now that I've got, you know, most of it down. Yeah. Science, but still... Like when you look at something and you see it at the store, you're like, ooh, I'm going to eat that. And you look yeah. at the ingredients, oh, of course, you just had to add the milk fat powder. Uh -huh. And you slam it back on the shelf aggressively. <laughs> Why does this need to have dairy in it? Yeah. <laughs> and walk off. It's like a meme when you shop now. But I don't know. It's, it's, it's wild kind of like where it takes you when you start to care about the things and take control of what you put in your body and not looking at it as so, a... I can't have that if I won't have that. Yeah. And that's the mindset. I think that that was the biggest game changer and made it easier for me to eliminate things from my diet. Mm -hmm. And even now, like when people question you like, oh, you don't eat how cans? Like, oh, I love me some of that. Well, you know, at one point I did too, because I remember the days when I'd be like, oh, I could never be vegetarian. Look at me killing it. Yeah. I just threw away the whole cow. And yeah. I don't need you. Mm -hmm. I don't need that. You know what I'm saying? Give me my little cashews. Give me my little coconut fats and my potatoes we can we can do a lot of magical things with some beans some flowers and some wheat you know exactly. what I'm saying? Like, get it cracking yeah and so to piggyback off of that what do you say to people that are like oh you know i want to switch over but like i need my protein or you know because you'll you'll see a lot of memes not necessarily memes but people will put out there like oh someone that was vegan has passed away due to malnutrition or you know something like that um so how would you respond to i want to call it fake news because i know that it is um with getting everything that you need um well when they point out oh somebody died because of their malnutrition i look at the people who died from cardiac arrest and stroke and heart attack that would be my <laughs> first response because I think a lot more of you are succumbing to your snacks than we are from deficiency, air quotations yeah. that you can't see. Um, plants have protein. Mm -hmm. It's exactly. eating balanced and uh, those rainbows that some people are so scared of should also be on your plate. 
Yeah. So it's not just, you know, eating one thing. It's making sure that you're getting a variety. And typically, if you learn your body and yourself, you, you start to find your body will let you know signs when it is deficient or needing something. And that's the thing I've always thought was so wild about this walk. Like you think about something or you look at something and then next thing it's growing in your yard <laughs> yeah and that was like how i kind of noticed i was like maybe i'm more in tune with things than i realized because i was you know making tinctures and whatnot and i started heavily researching like burdock and then what do you know shows up in your yard burdock it's yep. not exactly something i desire because the burrs are very rude but it's it's looking at alignment of the universe and how it just provides the things like allergy care like once i started you know really looking at other ways and healing and um, nettle was one of the things I used to go to Campbell's and buy the capsules and buy the dry <laughs> nettle and stuff my own tablets and it took forever. Yeah. But um, then it started growing in my yard. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it's definitely stinging, stinging nettle. It does sting. But it, it's wild to know that, okay, then you think about something, and next thing you know, maybe I manifested it to grow here. And so dehydrating it, making your own teas and stuff, and taking care of your own allergies, it's just, uh, it's interesting. So getting people to understand that beans have a lot of protein. Um, a lot of the substitutes that are out there have protein. Mm -hmm. um, plants also have protein. It's just finding balance. Like you mm -hmm. should with pretty much anything, but food definitely can offer all that you need without having to harm an animal or dedicate thousands of acres of land to grow food, to feed food, to kill it, to feed somebody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and also to uh, piggyback off of when you said you would think about stuff and maybe you manifested it growing in your yard a lot of people will say that they cannot be vegan or plant-based because it's too expensive. What do you think about that? Y'all spend $350 on a pair of sneakers <laughs> to wear for, for a fit. Yeah. Okay? Which don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm a sneakerhead at heart, but the way that this lifestyle is set up and the way my feet are now, I can't really wear shoes for that long. So I no longer will allow myself to overindulge on a sneaker tip. Exactly. But it's the principle that y'all will spend $350 on a pair of shoes or, you know, a stack on a purse or a lace front or whatever. The things that we choose to spend money on shows me kind of where we're at as a society that we would rather take care of a materialistic egotistical view than we would take care of a temple that's supposed to carry you through this life you get one body mm -hmm. i can buy sneakers mm -hmm. but it's funny you guys can, okay not you guys people can always come up with the money for the things that they desire but they won't come up with the money for the things that are necessary yeah and so that's kind of how i look at that but also the fact what did you try did you immediately just run and go buy all the substitutes first or did you take the time to stop reset and then begin your food journey again mm -hmm. because really where for me the reset came well i couldn't afford the substitutes and when i first started this walk i mean in 2012 the options were trash i mean they had come a long way but they were still trash yeah um but my mom was having like autoimmune issues they couldn't pinpoint why so the way to do this blood work was she had to do a 90-day reset so after I had just started like winning in, you know, the vegetarian department, we had to go vegan and gluten free, mm -hmm. which was like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. Like, I'm just starting to be like, yeah, here we go. And then we got to do this. And I was the one who did all the cooking um, or I do all the cooking. Well, okay, yeah. now we don't live together. I don't do all the cooking, but I still cook for myself. But she um, we had to do some serious adjustments then, which is what took it to another place for me. So I had decided to do a cleanse before that, which then kind of reset my palate. And mm -hmm. then having to have another experience helping her get to the bottom of her issues, that there made me have a different appreciation for food as a whole and not eating process. So it was very crunchy there for a while. There was a lot of Martha Stewart energy. I do it myself. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was all dehydrated, raw, crunchy, crunchy, making juices, you name it. It was happening and it was very time consuming. But when you take the time to actually make things on your own, you can cut more costs. Because if I were doing a lot of the stuff like I do for mass production, mm-hmm. they'd be paying 50 and $60 if I were buying everything at the store and then turning around and creating it into something else. Um, but it's really taking the time to research things and playing. I didn't get to the end goal without playing with my food. I've made some really nasty shit, like pear soup. That, that I, I was that reaching. That interesting. I reached heavily. <laughs> and, you know, when you just start adding spices, and you're like, oh, we're going to add a little of this. It was fine until I added the vanilla. And that was like, girl, you just took a savory soup and tried to make it a breakfast. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> at the time... Um, New World Market was over there off of 48th. And the girls at the shop loved it. So I took them to soup. I was like, yeah, I made the soup and I probably reached a little too far. But they liked it. Okay. I did not. <laughs> but they did. Yeah. But it's just, um, it can be very expensive. But then once you start getting your basics and what you need and you've restocked your kitchen, like, any t- like when you move, mm-hmm. right, it's expensive yep. because you have to start over your diet is kind of the same way or your lifestyle change I should say is the same Mm -hmm. way because I don't consider this a diet but that was what it was initially it was switching all those things out and then once you find out what it is that you you need to make that work it becomes more affordable but it's just putting in the time and the effort Mm -hmm. to get there that's kind of usually how that happens because a lot of people tell me oh they're so busy they're so busy Mm -hmm. I understand busy trust me in the summertime I work 110 hours a week yeah I'm busy, mm-hmm. but my plate is still proper. Now, yep. I do eat a lot more cereal in the summer because sometimes, you know, <laughs> it's four o'clock in the morning and I've just finished, you know, doing something. I'm like, I, I'm not trying to make a whole meal right now, nor am I that hungry, but I'm hungry. Yeah. But um, I still do make it a point to eat good, yeah. like a good three days a week. And what's your cereal and milk combo go to? <laughs> <laughs> I've got like a series of five. I got these new little rhino cinnamon rolls. Those are good, but they're $6 a box. That's, you know, cereal got expensive after yeah. uh, COVID hit the scene. Which but is even the sad. sugary cereals are expensive too. Yeah, so. yeah. But I, I, I still have that childhood energy where it was just like you couldn't have the big bowls, you know. So those are one of those, is it a breaking a generational whatever trauma mm-hmm. curse thing? Yeah, I'll get the biggest freaking Pyrex bowl I can find in my big ass serving spoon. I will smash that bowl of cereal. So I've got like four or five different ones I like. There's these brown rice crisps that are pretty good. And then there's these like fruity O's. Um, don't get the gluten-free ones. Those are <laughs> disgusting. I've never chewed so long in my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, hold on. Uh, little cinnamon rhino crunches. There's these old cocoa crispy puffs that I like. And I like granola. Yeah. And that's what I can think of at the moment. Yeah. Okay. So those are my main cereal choices, and I like Ripple for my milk. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And oatmeal in the winter, and I like to make cream of wheat in the winter, too. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you um, stumble upon Ripple? Because, I mean, I know a lot of people struggle with finding the milk substitutes that actually taste good. Like, me personally, I did not like almond milk. I wasn't a fan of drinking almond milk. But actually, you put me onto the Ripple milk. Like, I actually can drink it by itself. Yeah. <laughs> How did I stumble upon that? Like, did you try all the other options first? Not all. Like, I uh, Whole Foods used to have, like, before they became, you know, an Amazon corporation, they had a, a brand, 365, that was almond milk. And it was okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this works. But cereal was not life. So cereal and I, you know, um, separated for a while. We had to have a break. Yeah. Because it didn't bring me a lot of joy. And then I'm not sure at what point, like, what happens. But the ripple came along. I had read about it, and I was intrigued because of, you know, the limited ingredients in it. It didn't have all, you know, the fillers. And it had a decent amount of calcium. And I was like, okay, this is actually a pretty clean product. And so finally when it hit the scene, I got it. And at that point, you know, I couldn't really cook with it, cook with it. Okay, I was doing stupid things. So I wasn't paying attention to the fact I was putting 
vanilla unsweetened in my yeah. mac and cheese. I'm like, why is my mac and cheese sweet? Yeah. Um, but they had that. And so then I got that and I started bringing back the old time favorites like strawberry milk. I ran that on the bus a couple of times. People were very excited about the strawberry milk. It was tasty. Uh, but then they had chocolate milk. And my sister put me up on the chocolate milk. And I was yeah. like, woo, buddy, this is yeah. what danger is made of. Yes. <laughs> but it's not like super bad for you. It's not just like a sugar overload. Yeah. And so then I finally think I got the unsweetened. And it was just a game changer. And I was like, okay, cool. Because now some of the ones that they had come out with, like it's a pre, pre-COVID, pre you had options. Mm-hmm. Um, not everything made it through that, as we see. And so some of their options here are far reduced. Like maybe in other cities you can still get some of them. But I, I really enjoy the Ripple. I'm glad that we we encountered cereal is back. <laughs> got the creaminess back. I, I hear they have um, a creamer. Actually, they're asking for brand ambassadors. And I think that... Me. You should do it. Yeah, you should. Because I'm a, it's it's peas. Yeah. And peace and love and peas. I love peas. I don't know. Peas are just great. Yeah. So now the fact that you can make a milk out of it, I'm here for it. (laughs) Okay. So now I want to start asking you questions um, more catered towards your business. So how did you know that you wanted to start a food business? Um. I played around with it in my mind for quite some time, mm-hmm. but I think the nail in the coffin really was <laughs> on Ragbri, um, because there wasn't food for people like me. Yeah. Uh, so when you're riding a bicycle through the great state of Iowa, which is not as flat as people would like to think, and I don't train before I go on Ragbri, I'm one of those. My toxic trainers, <laughs> I can do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so. Um, my best friend, Brandon, him and his family, this has been like their thing for years. And I had bought a townie bike at some point. Cause you know, my kid was riding his bike and blah, blah, blah. And then my bike for my childhood days, which still fit just, you know, it was showing its age. And I was like, eh. So I saw this orange townie and I was like, Oh, it's meant to be, it was a cruiser. I don't know why I thought a cruiser was a good idea, but anyway, so that way we could have family bike rides and whatnot. Yeah. So started bringing that back into the mix and then B was like, Oh, you should come on Rag Ride with us, you know? And I'm like, eh. <laughs> that that definitely sounds like something black people don't do. Yeah. But then I was like, okay, you know what? Oh, cool. So my friend, well, we went on a bike ride. He's like, you need a lighter bike because the town <laughs> is super heavy. And then, you know, you've got all your little trinkets and accessories to make it cute. And so he's like, you need a different bike, friend. So a friend let me borrow his road bike. My first time on a road bike. I don't even think I took it on a trial run, just loaded it up on a trailer. And I was like, here we go. We're doing a day of rag bry. Yeah. No bike shorts, whatever. That was a painful learning experience. <laughs> but then I was like, this is actually really fun. I'm like, I see why people do this. Yeah. And so then fast forwarding, you know, by now my diet is seriously changing. And so uh, I bought my own road bike. And went, and it's like carbon fiber fork, you know, it's a light bike, mm-hmm. but my bags are full of snacks. So when you go to like put it on the little line thing, I'm that chick who's taking out everybody else's bike because my bike doesn't <laughs> want to stay up right. Yeah. I got all this food and water <laughs> in my bag. <laughs> and so I believe it was 2014 and we're in Marshalltown. We're going into Marshalltown and it was very hot. Uh, the heat index said 105. Mm-hmm. So the real feel, I have no idea what it was. But like the road is literally burning me. <laughs> yeah. And we're going up this ridiculous hill, and there's this brother who's right. Shift your fucking gears, you're killing yourself, <laughs> lady. What do you have in your bag? <laughs> <I said>! <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was sometime on that road, and I was like, I'm just gonna buy a food truck and do it myself because it doesn't make sense that I have to carry this much food for this. Yeah. And I thought I was joking. But, I mean, I had done little food stuff here and there. And so I did a pop-up in 2015. I did a series of pop-ups, actually. Like people needed food for something. And so yeah. I would just, you know, cook, whatever. And usually they'd buy the food and we'd just give it away. And then as we were having, like, rallies and stuff, like, I would, you know, put together something so that there would be samples or, you know, plant-based offerings at, you know, the rallies. And people were like, no, this is really good, you know. And more people kept saying that. I was like, okay. And then... A friend was like, you know, you can buy a bus. And I was like, yeah, okay, huh, whatever. Didn't think much of it. And then one night I found myself on Craigslist looking and I had done the pop-up. 
and realized that the tent life was very expensive. Yeah. Uh, I had to rent a U-Haul to go pick everything up, which meant that you had to move quickly because obviously I'm on limited funds doing this off Mm -hmm. my server salary. As a single mom, I'm hosting these pop-ups, elaborate pop-ups with all this organic food and renting a U-Haul to go get it to you and driving a U-Haul with these five-gallon glass jugs full of osmosis water (laughs) and (laughs) not thinking about what an issue that could be of one of these breaks while I hit a lovely pothole in these streets of Des Moines. And um, so I was looking on Craigslist and found a bus in Bagley, Iowa. Yeah. And told my mom, I was like, yeah, let's let's go up to Bagley this weekend and look at this bus. Yeah. she's like, no, yes, (laughs) yes. So I hit my sister up because I couldn't get my money out for three days. And I was like, can I borrow this? So I can go get this bus and so go to the bank, get it out of her account. Um, and at this point, I'm not sure I'm buying a bus, but I went up there and I was like, for some reason, it just felt right. Yeah. So I drove a bus home that day yep. and then decided, okay, this is, I guess, what I'm doing with my life. Yeah. Because at that point, it became, um, well, do it. Yeah. Food trucks were starting to gain in popularity here because at that point, you know, I had never seen a food truck in the morning except for the taco truck. And then on Ragbri, you'd see them, but these people were traveling from far away. Uh, there was this little coffee spot, and they had hemp milk. Yeah. Which, I mean, wasn't ideal, but it was cool because you had an offering for my coffee. Yeah. So I would find them every morning, you know, way early on the ride and go get my little hemp milk coffee to get my day started on this bicycle yeah. on Ragbri. So I think a lot of this kind of came from Ragbri. It probably still would have happened, but it just had a different meaning because I was disappointed that people weren't making food options for people who cared about what went into their food. Or if you did find something that was, you know, vegetarian, it was crap processed and I still wouldn't eat it because what went into it. Yeah. So yeah, I did a pop up and thought about it for a while. And I was like, is this how I want to spend my life? Because it was that pop up that indicated this is not going to be as easy as you thought it would be. <laughs> yeah. And so I had to marinate for a minute because I knew once I took that plunge that my life as I knew it would not be my life. Yeah. My life would belong to the bus, mm-hmm. <laughs> which it does. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's okay. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. So you literally drove home with the bus that day. Yep. And then what was that process like for you afterward? Like, did you transform your whole bus by yourself? I, I mean, it's very colorful. <laughs> did you paint it? Or, like, how did that whole process go with you going from a pop-up to your own bus? Well, there were a lot of police visits and city <laughs> inspector and visits involved because when you bring home a full-size school bus and just park it in front of your house, <laughs> even though it has, like, an in-transit sign, somebody's like, oh, somebody abandoned a bus here. So I don't even think the bus had been on the block for 24 hours and the cops. We're over here sniffing around. Uh, so that's where we started. Yeah. And then um, I went and got it registered, which, okay, I tried to get it registered two days after I bought it. The VIN number that it had been registered was incorrect. <laughs> okay. So then it was a matter of, okay, so how do we get the right VIN number and why could they register and I can't? She yeah. Said, well, the VIN number's not right. We can't do it. And so a lot of digging, finally found the placard, got the VIN number. And take it back in, and I'm able to get it registered. So I get plates on it, and then got new plates because, of course, I'm extra and peas and love is what it had to be. Uh, so that kind of slowed that. But then there were a couple of neighbors that were ganging up. One was calling about the bus, the other was calling and reporting the homestead and the chickens. So I found somewhere else to move the bus, and then that person overstepped their boundaries. And called people again. Yeah. So I had to move the bus again. That's kind of how it all started out. And then it became like, it was community involvement because people are helping me find places to put this bus. Yeah. That I bought. There's a lot of trial and error. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because then I found out very quickly as I'm calling around to storage places, they're like wanting anywhere between 400 and 800 a month to store this bus. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, well, see, we did not budget for that. We just had a dream. (laughs) And a couple thousand dollars. And the time to go get the bus. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't think much further outside of that. I mean, I had a basic outline. I thought initially it would cost me $24,000. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we surpassed that in just repairs alone to get it running. Yeah. Correctly. Um, 
So from there, I started to feel like a sense of, you know, support in random ways because people are like, oh, you bought a bus. That's cool. Yeah. Like, what you going to do with it? <laughs> I'm turning it into a food truck. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking this would be like so easy. And then uh, my cousin's girlfriend at the time worked at a dental office. And yeah. they asked if I could park over there. So then the dental office and Snooky's worked together with me. Well, the former owner of Snooky, uh, they would let me park at the dentist's office in the summer. And in the winter, when Snooky's was closed, I'd park it over there. Yeah. And so that worked out pretty nice until Snooky's sold. Um, but that was the beginning of community involvement. And then bringing the bus home and kind of gutting things as we could. So I had a friend who laid my tiled floors. I had done um, the food for all of his events. So he's like, I'll lay your floors. Cool. Mm -hmm. uh, did that. I gutted it. Uh, ripped out the bathroom. Used a sledgehammer on an enclosed bus, which was not a good idea Yeah. at all. Pretty sure I have lasting hearing damage because of that. Um, there was a bathroom, like a little sinkette thing and some stove stuff and some of the things I removed had I actually thought about it before I removed it I wouldn't have because it was covering the wheel well in a nice way yeah but that's fine they're exposed now uh so I had a friend who did that and then for the painting I decided to have a paint party after looking into a wrap and was constantly met with 30 grand I was like for a wrap <laughs> like wow that's wild so uh I bought paint for like 600 and some bucks and even got you know like one of those little visa reward things from Lowe's if you buy so much paint so yeah. that was kind of nice um and 20 of us painted the bus so I had a basic outline I primed it uh my sister came and she kind of helped finish up priming it and had to cover up all the windows and then of course it rained which pulled all the paper off of the <laughs> and drove this bus with covered windows that was now painted white looking like a prison transport bus uh, drove it up to where I worked at the time, Flying Mango. They let me use their parking lot, their other parking lot, to paint the bus. So we had a paint party. And I offered pulled pork and something else that day. And you could come and help paint the bus. Yeah. So that is how the bus was painted. And I did chalk outlines. Sister and I did chalk outlines for the veggies and had, like, a basic idea and, like, dropped a little dollop here and there for what we wanted. Yeah. Where. So the outlines were done. People just needed to help color them in. And then the first winter, the bus sat with where it was sitting, and then it was, like, right up against this wall. Pretty much <laughs> the whole passenger side had to be redone. So where there were blues at, for some reason, they didn't stick well. Yeah. So I had to pretty much repaint the entire bus <laughs> next year, which was not fun. And that one was by myself. And then pretty much every year since then, I've had to redo the bus. Um, it's been a year now. Yeah. I need to redo it. It's not bad, though. Yeah. But um, that you can tell it was painted. But a lot of people say that that, you know, kind of makes them smile. So that was my way of making it work. Yeah. Because, again, the more I spend on making it look pretty, the more y'all are going to spend to help me recoup those losses. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was uh, like 20 people came out that day and helped paint the bus. That's awesome. Yeah. It was a good time. So what is your backstory of Veggie Thumper? How did you come hmm. with that name? Two different stories to that. Um, my mom had a friend stop by, and she was um, Jehovah's Witness. Mm -hmm. And at first, they just started out like chatting, and they had taught together at some point, maybe. Yeah. And then it went from chatting to like she slowly is easing it into the religious sector of it, and then it became you know two people three people four people at one point there were like seven people up in the living room but I had been juicing and whatnot and making smoothies at this point and so three days a week I would juice and smoothie mm -hmm. well I was trying to be nice and not do it while they were there but finally got to the point I'm like y'all are staying later and later it's noon <laughs> like I gotta pick my kid up like I gotta get my day moving as so I just started making juices and smoothies while they're there and it's fragrant yeah. And it's loud. And so there's no getting away from it. And that house wasn't that big. So then they would kind of want some. And a couple of them were, you know, genuinely intrigued by what I was doing. And so I'd give them little samples of this juice. But I mean, it was getting wild. There'd be like horseradish in it, beets, you name it. It was it was nasty, but healing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
And so part of it was from that, because while they're Bible thumping, I'm veggie thumping. Yeah. And then the other one is Adrian, my sister. My mom had gone out to L.A. with her. And she was taking her to get fried chicken, air quotation. And my mom was excited, thinking she was actually getting chicken. Yeah. Well, she should have known better. (laughs) But this is before they get there, and they were having a conversation. I guess they were, um, you know, family guy joke about family. Yeah. (laughs) But um, my family does not care for the fact that everything's made out of vegetables but on top of it you still get two sides of vegetables to go with your vegetable entree yeah so my mom's like it's just overkill on the veggies and da 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 and my sister's like well you know some people thump bibles and then list thumps veggies (laughs) and so there's two sides to how that works and then my mom and her go to this place and again my mom was very excited for this fried chicken that she thought was about to be chicken and it wasn't chicken and so then she just had a hissy fit and thanks at the fan from there and uh i went from farmer wade to veggie thumper yeah because i would always say thumping but i don't know thump it on just it stuck just, yeah yeah it stuck you know the bunny thumper and then bibles and yeah because veggies are my thing yeah that's awesome um so what would you say your biggest challenge is with owning a food truck and how do you adapt it has been an interesting climate. Yeah. It. I mean, I'm glad I got in when I did. I can't imagine what that would have been like losing my job at the pandemic. Yeah. But also with when I started, I had not been in business long enough to apply for any form of assistance or grants or whatever when everything shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was interesting. <clears throat> but in my favor at the time, like I was, I won't say working towards being known, but people were finding out about it. It was just slow moving because we're vegan. Yeah. And there will never be that same level of excitement for a vegan establishment to open as there is for like, let's say, what is it? That new steakhouse that opened that's like, I don't know, two levels and dress code. (laughs) So the thing about it was, is that we started out doing online orders and pre-order only but I could tell that wasn't working because I had to cancel my last pop-up. I couldn't get food. Yeah. Um, because once all of the meat was gone, y'all went for the beans and yeah. the rice and the shelf-stable things, <laughs> the things that we don't believe in eating, all of a sudden you could not get. Yeah. Uh, so there was a pivot. People felt comfortable going to a food truck before they felt comfortable going to a restaurant. So 2020 actually ended up playing out in our favor. And unfortunately... I guess I would say I'm more well-known because a man was murdered and people put together a list of black-owned businesses. That's really why people know who I am now, I would say. Not really, but yes, that definitely added to it. And so 2020 was a good year, not because of the pandemic, but because police were murdering people and people started to take notices on some of the differences between black businesses and white businesses. Yeah. And decided to support. And so that was one of the pivots that was kind of made. It's it's an interesting climate. It was, since, obviously, we were doing Monopoly money and printing out checks that didn't have the cash to cash them, now everything has gone up, you know, 35 to 40% on my end. So that's the interesting part now. And it's finding out, okay, the pivots how to move. Um, the things that I use are very expensive because I don't like styrofoam. I don't like plastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's an interesting time right now. Yeah. We'll just have to see. How it goes. Yeah, how that goes. But it's it's got its rewards and it's definitely got its downsides. It's not for, I don't want to make it sound like what it is, but it's not for the week. It's a yeah. lot more than I ever anticipated it would be. You are HR, you are this, you are that. There are so many hats that you're wearing, especially being a food truck, because in a restaurant you can delegate to, you know, like 10 or 15 different people. Mm -hmm. In a food truck, there's not that. You know, you can't afford to have that, and you want to be able to, but at the same time, it's just like, again, people don't want to pay $50 for a sandwich. Yep. And there's limited capacity. So there's a lot of different elements there. And people are like, well, it's cheaper than a brick and mortar. I don't know about that. Because... Yes, they have to pay rent or lease, whatever, 
and you know some repairs but typically the property owner takes care of major repairs Mm -hmm. but my fridges still break my tires still have issues my engine will have an issue and Whereas people are like, well, it's still cheaper. No, because I have to pay for every event that I want to be in. Mm -hmm. Whereas you guys, this is your monthly startup. Like, okay, I put my startup costs up front, Mm -hmm. but I don't get the same deals that a restaurant owner gets because you have to have a commercial address, Mm -hmm. A, and you have to be able to store a lot. So you'll see like some stores have a higher number, like a smaller mom and pop shop is going to have to charge more because they don't do the same volume. So Mm -hmm. the more your sales are, the less you can get things for like wholesale type. Yeah. So I shop just like most of y'all do. I go mm-hmm. to the grocery store and pick up what I got to pick up. I can place orders. Okay. So what stops you from getting your own biz, like brick and mortar instead of doing the bus? Uh, at this point, I would say it's, <laughs> they, it's, it's humans want to crowdfund for it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wiped out everything to start the bus. Yeah. And the consistency, I guess, in Des Moines isn't what it needs to be mm-hmm. for me to feel confident in doing that. And plus, I like being able to leave. Yeah. Like, when you go somewhere and somebody does not have it together, and, <laughs> you know, I've, I've grown up, so it's like something we've talked about egos and whatnot. Like removing the ego part of it, but there's times you have to just be like, okay, well, if it's a problem, I can take the bus and go. Yeah. And that typically will get things moving. Like, what do you need right now to make this work? Because you asked me to be here. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, so I like the aspect. I like my windows. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't always love how hot it can get. I yes. like to be hot. Yeah. I do, but a flat top when you got the, the cast iron on for the wedges and then plus the flat top on, you know, standing back there and it's, you know, smooth 180 degrees at least. It's sometimes it's a lot on the mind. Mm-hmm. The body. Yeah. But I would say financials and with the climate we're in right now and Iowa has like one of the highest restaurants per capita. I don't know if it would be in my best interest and it seems like a lot of the vegans here are content with eating at like omni establishments and mm-hmm. they're not concerned about shared surfaces which that's fine i'm not knocking that i mean it's not my cup of tea but um i can't say with those things included i can't say that i would be comfortable taking that kind of belief because i still want to be able to have a life it's not like i started this when i was you know 18 mm-hmm. and i could recover i do want to be able to retire someday i'm not saying that i would just sit there and do nothing but there are other things in my life that i would like to experience yeah <laughs> so i can't say that me taking the risk on a brick and mortar at this point is where it's at okay so what does a typical day look like for you um like when you're prepping right before you open? Um, prepping is a lot. <laughs> it's usually a later night thing. Yeah. So there's not disturbances. Um, and plus it's cooler. Yeah. Uh, getting ready to go. Typically, I make sure I'm ready to go ahead before I leave. Mm-hmm. I like to have everything in place so that it's a smooth, usually 30-minute opening operation. Uh, just like heating up what needs to be heating up and you know, getting all of our sanitizer, water, and all that stuff together and loading the fridge that I have trust issues with because it freezes things. Um, yeah, getting to your location, giving yourself a minute to get your mind right now figuring out how you're going to get to your location because everywhere you go there's so much construction and they don't really leave a lot of space with these cones for you yeah. to finagle your way around <laughs> in the bus yeah uh, so there's you know that type of thing just finding your you know mental and okay let's go everything mm-hmm. and then the tear down getting it all cleaned up and then refilling resetting up whatever and getting it ready for the next day it's like you're always thinking ahead because that's what it is like being ready for the next event being ready for your next location you know i don't know yeah it's kind of a lot but it's you know we've gotten it down to a a nice science now it used to be a lot more 
difficult before Todd built that amazing deck. You had to take the ramp off of the side and you had to work with somebody else because I couldn't get the generator off of the bus by myself. Yeah. But now that that's mounted, that's good. Seriously, a time saver. Yeah. Um, so how would you say, like, traffic is for food trucking? Like, are you always busy? Oh, when no. is your off-season? Uh, it's progressively gone down. Yeah. Again, the road that I typically stay stationed on is closed. And then kind of sort of some of it kind of came down to this year. Like, there's minimums. And some people don't want to pay them. And that's fine. But I can't take your word that, oh, there's going to be 500 people there and blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, the way the food truckers do math, that's just because you're having 500 people at your event does not mean that 500 of them are eating. Yeah. And so it's like, people have these outlandish ideas, and then I'm supposed to take the financial hit if they don't come to fruition. So there's some people who don't want to pay the minimums, and then in like the vegan realm, they want to have the option available, Mm -hmm. but then they don't want to pay the minimum. Okay, well then you don't get to have your trendy vegan option. Yeah. Because this is my livelihood. I'm not doing this just because I think, oh, this is fun. Let me go sit somewhere and not make money. Like, I have to pay my bills. I have to pay my staff. I have to pay my licensing and my fees and my permits. Yeah. And so, no, it's definitely not always busy. Like, the farmer's market this year has been greatly reduced because of, of course, construction. Mm-hmm. And then they shut off the other road, which then, like, that's the nail in the coffin. So, like, last month has been pretty intense, like, as far as not being amazing. And that's okay. You expect that. You have your webs and your flows, and then there's times it's just like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> it's balls to walls. But this year, it was more like taking a little bit of a step back. Mm-hmm. Because some years I tend to go a little too hard. And then the universe doesn't gently tell me to have a seat when I'm mentally like, I need a break, I need a break, and I don't take the break. And the universe is like, oh, okay. I'm going to make you take that yeah. break. And then it's like, I have to sit down because physically I'm not able to um but this year I've been trying to find somewhat of a balance but it's not helping financially I don't think yeah because I'm trying to find balance so it's either you go a million miles an hour or you sit stagnant and then you're bad because you're like okay well now it's not generating as much as it needs to be generating to make it make sense so no it's not always busy but definitely events in large areas where there's foot traffic are good but then it kind of depends on where. Like, you think Clive would be more trendy in that part. Clive has never been amazing for me. Yeah. Like, any of the events that I've done there, I cannot say have been... Wow. Beaverdale, I would say, are... They are always open and down for a good time. Sometimes it was like, woo, wasn't ready for you, Beaverdale. Yeah. Uh, but there's just been some really amazing events and some that aren't. And some, you know, it's like event coordinators and planners don't think about things. So now it's like, I have to think before I say yes to something, especially if it's something I'm paying for. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, it's not always busy. But then there are times that you're pleasantly surprised. Ace is consistent enough. Like, usually in the spring when you first roll out, people are like, oh my God, we missed you. And so it's crazy for, you know, the first month. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of slows down a bit. And then your seasonal events pick up. And then you're like, okay, cool. We're rolling. Yeah. But it just depends on the fall, wintertime. Uh, this year I would like to be able to close earlier just because I don't feel well cold. And now that I'm kind of running during the week by myself, I don't desire to be cold. Right. Don't ask me why. But it was easier <laughs> to deal with it when I, I had somebody else be like, when I had somebody else on the staff and I'd be like, okay. But then again, it doesn't financially always make sense if it's not going to be busy. But mm-hmm. also, I'm not going to out there freezing. I do not like to be cold. I don't like rolling under the bus to deal with the water line. Yeah. When it's dark. And then, you know, the days, like, we redid the water lines and made them all hex type A. Mm-hmm. So it was like a shark bite situation. We did away with the original hex that was in there. But that also required rerunning all the heat tape. Well... Something is different now, so there's something that keeps getting frozen in the water pump, I think. I'm not sure which area it was, but then finally when it happened again, I was like, you know what, I'm just done. I'm going to put her away for the season Yeah. because <laughs> I don't have time to keep coming up here, making the food, and being like, oh, nope, you're not going out today because it's frozen. Mm-hmm. So it, it's possible to operate in the winter. It just takes a lot more work and patience, and sometimes I don't know that I have 
what it needs to be. So, I mean, if I know about it in enough time, I can make it work. And there's things that you can do to keep your lines flowing. But then there's just times that you have to ask yourself financially, is it worth the energy and the upfront costs that come out of my pocket to make it happen? Yeah. So, last winter I did not do a whole lot. I bought a house, so that was taking up a lot of my energy because of remodeling and whatever, whatever. And so that's kind of where my head was at last fall this year. It's just, again, like I said, balance and finding my flow and looking at things that I'll probably do different for the 2024 season. That sounds so weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, and speaking of energy, how do you find your own work-life balance with being an entrepreneur? This year I've been much better about looking at how many Sundays I'm willing to do in a row. Okay. Uh, not giving away my Wednesdays. <laughs> um, because typically it's Sunday prep, Monday shop, and then there's Tuesday market. Wednesday will be reserved for like a private event or something, but it just can't be every week. Um, and then Thursday, Friday, bus is out. Saturday, bus was out consistently, but like I said, with construction, it's been so hit or miss that it doesn't really seem to make sense to stay open for free sales on a Saturday morning. Like, I did not get out of bed for this. Uh, so it's finding, you know, that sense of, of the balance and realizing that Picking your battles doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Making it make sense to yourself versus just like I'm. I'm glad because I, I I can show up for myself. That's something I definitely have learned this season with like all the pivoting, like as far as staffing goes. But it's like showing up for myself. But in the wintertime, I can't say that that's going to be the same. Yeah. Also, show up for myself. It just may not be freezing my ass off. And that's, yeah. It's fine once flat top gets going, but it's that moment, like getting from point A to point B. Since there's no heat, mm -hmm. since somebody may have cut the lines thinking that they could remove the heater for more space, which you could not do, and I just haven't fixed it yet. <laughs> um, okay, so what do you look forward to the most with being an entrepreneur? Hmm, that's an interesting question. Uh, I don't know that. Do I look forward to anything? <laughs> Being your own boss. Well, but that's sometimes scary. Yeah, it is. That's, that's so freaking scary. I think that's the part I look forward to least. Yeah. Because I, I want somebody else to, ma'am? Yeah. Can we talk? But there's like, it's me. It's ma'am myself. Yes. <laughs> um, I do like being my own boss. I do like some of that stuff. But then again, then you have to do all the hard things, which... I don't always like. Yeah. Um, but it's, I think the part that I look forward to most is changing mindsets. Yeah. And giving people an experience when that's not what they expected. Like, when we go to events, if it starts off sleepy, I'll be like, leave the boxes open. Mm -hmm. And then people see the food, and then that's the change. It goes from people not ordering to then all of a sudden, oh, nachos. And then somebody orders a Philly, leaves the box open, Phillies! And then it just, you know, kind of translates its way down the menu. And then the people who are open to trying new things are like, wow, that was, that was a really cool mm -hmm. experience. Because I would say over half of my client base is not vegetarian or vegan. Mm -hmm. They're omni. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. So I think that's probably the part that I look forward to the most. Because if I were in this for the money, I, I damn sure would not. <laughs> yeah yeah that's awesome so what are your future plans for veggie thumper now i don't know at yeah when i did but now i don't yeah no, i never really knew. it's up in the i'm going with the flow i'm going with like thanks me right now yeah i'm doing this I, but it's a lot it's physically a lot on the body is what i have noticed it's not that i'm not getting younger because i don't feel like aging really you're course. not aging no, that's the thing. No, you're not. People are like, you know, it's when you get older, no, it's, but it's physically labor intensive. Yes. And the shit is heavy. And I mean, we're, we're not talking about, you know, a little cart where I'm lifting. <laughs> Some of these pans are very overloaded. Yeah. 
and you know, going to get food, whatever, picking up all the stuff, the amount of trips to the car, the amount of trips to the bus, up and down, filling propane tanks, filling water tanks, taking things apart. I don't know, it's a lot. So that's where now mentally I question, like, how long am I going to be doing this? Yeah. Which is the first time I guess I've, like, this year is the first time I've really thought about it. Like I said, it's been slower, so now I'm mentally opening my mind up to what else is out there so that I don't have to be reliant on myself. Mm-hmm. But then again, I like being reliant on myself. So I say these things right now, but my <laughs> whole answer could completely change. Yeah. Because after I come back, after, you know, a break in the wintertime, you're like, let's do this. Let's conquer the world. Let's yeah. drive to China. Can you drive to China with the rally? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's right now is... It's up in the air. It's definitely up in the air. I, I know I still have more time than me. Like, mm-hmm. I love doing the fried green tomatoes. But again, it's just like the amount of work that goes into some of this. And then you're growing the food and you have to maintain the garden. It's not like you just get to come home and just be. So you got to come home and take care of all the other things to take care of things to take care of you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That whole process. But I sometimes understand. I love it. Yeah. Not always. But sometimes I do. So it's just. I don't know. It's a good question of where we'll be. We've okay. been entertaining that. Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned. For the random bus And so how can people follow the bus? Uh, what platforms are you on? I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I have a website, VeggieThumper.com. And you can find me at VeggieThumper, obviously, on Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. I think. What's that one? What Twitter? TikTok. Oh TikTok. Um, I have an account. I think somebody else set it up for me, but I've never posted <laughs> anything. Or if I have, I don't know. Stay tuned for TikTok. But I won't have the app on my phone because it's invasive. Oh yes. So if it happens, it's because Bree's doing it. Yep. So when it happens, it's free. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you thank for you. having a couch talk with us today. You're in a hammock. Oh. I, yes, technically a hammock talk. This has been the most <laughs> relaxing talk that I've had swinging in this hammock, but it's been awesome. Well, thank you. Yes. Thanks for tuning in with the tribe. If you resonate with this message, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review. This will allow our podcast to align with more listeners. As always, welcome to the tribe and happy healing.